Okay, fine. We'll save that for later. Yeah. Once people know and like us, uh, uh, you can you can prepare the margarita like perfect. What what is my drink for the high highs? My drinks for the low lows. And they read about how I spent a weekend at Chuck Norris's house and it was ridiculous and we starved. And they, what the hell are you doing in Ukraine? Oh, I'm so sorry. Hello, this is Joe Lindsley in Lviv, Ukraine. Zachary P. Lviv, Ukraine. And welcome to uh, the second episode of our podcast, Speak Freely. And uh, here we'll start by talking about uh, with Zach about uh, bartending uh, in the pandemic. Uh, he's got experience working in Dubai, Milan, uh, and uh, talking about what it meant to, uh, how difficult it was to connect with people when they got masks in their face and uh, other elements of uh, uh, bartending in this time. And then uh, my great friend Sean from Texas calls in uh, to uh, give uh, Zach sort of a, a challenge on a drink to make. And um, uh, yeah, what, what else? And man? Sorry. <laughs> also, also, I, I asked Joe a few questions about his first few months in Lviv. So please listen and enjoy us. You're not, you know, you're not working as a bartender now, but you, you were working at. I worked. I, w- I worked till uh, I worked as a bartender till pandemic killed my my passion to Dreams. that. Did it kill your passion? Yeah. Why? Because uh, before the pandemic, I was happy with my job. That was the job of my dream, really, and. Uh, I had everything I wanted, I needed, and I worked, I, I, I went every day, I, I went to the job and I thought, Why was it the job oh my god, oh, 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 oh nice, I'm, I'm going to work and I like it, I like to work, I like to do that, I like to be a bartender. What, what, what is it you like about it? I like to be honest with people, I like to listen to people's stories, I like to... First of all, I like to make people happy. Because I didn't just make them drunk, I made them happy. I gave them that, what they needed in that moment. After pandemic, it was... It become more more fake like Dubai I worked in as a bartender in Dubai and but was that your first bartending work was in Dubai right uh, no 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 huh? my first bartending work was in Ukraine in Lviv here be- before Dubai before Milan uh, before all that it was in, in in Lviv but after after pandemic it become a fake like Dubai at all, not like job in Dubai, like all Emirates, all that style of life. I don't know. Well, because how, how well, so? For for me, Dubai is very plastic city. It's like it, it looks like uh, you know, like when a uh, star in a movie and. In the TV, that movie looks like uh, true, like real. Mm-hmm. But when it's staring, 
you can see the plastic walls, the plastic buildings, mm. the plastic cars, the plastic smiles and everything. That's what I felt in Dubai. All is fake. Like everything. And after uh, after pandemic starts, after the first lockdown, I started to work again as a bartender and everything changed. In Lviv? In Lviv, yeah. Everything changed. Uh, you have to wear your mask. You cannot smile to people. You cannot hear the people in the masks. The people cannot hear you. And you cannot talk with people. And everything is is hard and stupid. Really stupid. If you can like look on that situation from the side. Yeah. Like speaking bartender <laughs> with a guest. Yeah. In the masks. It looks and stupid. A, uh, and a bartender is not... Is not feeling free, mm. so he cannot um, do his job properly good, and the guest cannot feel free as well, and he's not happy because he's not free. He had to repeat to bartender his order like three, four, five times, and louder and louder and louder. Fucking margarita, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's nothing new. Normally. And you can you can prepare that margarita like perfect, mm. but the guest has in his mind that he repeated five times that word. He will not give you tips. He only thinks that you will not get enough money. You will not get enough money. You will not buy a new T-shirt, new coat, new shoes, new phone, and you start to think that. Shit, this job cannot feed me. I have to change something. How, uh, changing a minute from, from the lovely coronavirus topic, which, I mean, we can't avoid, but how do you... But it's still only a part. Yeah, but I, I want to know, how did you cultivate the skill to know how to combine different ingredients in a way that will make something that's pleasing and tasting to different types of people? Um, you know, to to prepare a good drink, you have to to drink good drinks. You cannot prepare a good drink if you're drinking beer all the time. You cannot choose the right gin, mm. right vermouth, right bitter to make a good Negroni. I tried everything. And uh, we're here I, in Lviv, or when you were in Dubai, or everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Um, it starts in Lviv. The main part of my studying uh, was in Kiev, in uh, my first bartender school. Because, you took a course on this. Yeah, yeah, I had a course, and um, there I, I met a teacher, trainer, I don't know, coach, and. He he explained me how to how to choose how to try how to understand that that drinks like if if you're trying uh, vodka mm. 
you have to know what are you looking for in that liquid. It's it's not just a liquid to make you drunk. What, so, for example, can we take I mean, vodka is not something I particularly enjoy, but let's take that example. What are you looking? Or you can pick some, you can pick a different drink, but what are you looking for, say in vodka too? If you're tasting a vodka, what, what do you? Because to me, that's sort of tasteless and odorless. So, in a good vodka, what do you look for? That's uh, that depends. What are you going to make with that vodka? Mm -hmm. Or are you going just to drink vodka? No, I've just yeah. just a shot of vodka mm -hmm. with a coke or juice and something else, or mm -hmm. just single vodka. Or are you going to prepare a cocktail with vodka? Mm -hmm. This depends. Because if you're going to prepare a cocktail, we have a, a lot of questions. What type of cocktail? What do you want from that cocktail? And who you are. First of all, it's, it's good to know what is your job. Mm. And how often do you drink. Because if you drink often, you have to try something extraordinary. Like, not a simple drink. Not, uh, I don't know, the porn star martini, for example, or espresso martini. Mm. If you drink often, you... It will not express you. Of course, you have. I I I have to prepare for you something, something interest. The second is the very simple question. It has to be sweet, bitter, strong, herbs. Uh, I don't know. Or, uh, sour. I I need that information. Mm -hmm. which cocktail you want and with that information I can choose the vodka what is stronger what is more sweet or more bitter or more soft that's all that's how you can choose the vodka and to know that you have to try the single shots of vodka of every type of vodka you have in your bar, yeah, just a drink, and you have to look for that, that parts in that liquid. To know the difference between vodkas, mm -hmm. you need a five or ten different vodkas and just trying it from a, I don't know, from a old-fashioned glass. Just try, smell, and write. Feelings. Did you do this methodically, or as you were going, you know, when you were off duty, going around town and drinking? Did you take take notes, or did you say tonight I have to try this, or or, or how, how did you? And no, no, no. If you're going like somewhere in the bar, mm -hmm. you cannot try something and something and and understand that mm -hmm. there. To to study and understand the liquids and the. It will still talk about vodka mm. you have to to choose the the five brands for example of vodka mm -hmm. and to pour it into the five glasses and to try it mm. not to drink full glass mm -hmm. just to try a little bit mm -hmm. to smell every and to find a difference you have to look for a difference between that mm -hmm. if you will try a five types of vodka mm -hmm. in different glasses in one time like 
one to one mm. yeah after third you will find a difference and you'll come back to the first to look for that difference and after that you will understand that ah, you'll, you'll see some nuance you did not appreciate before and uh, all right Great. for example you yeah. you tried one mm -hmm. okay vodka mm -hmm. the second one vodka mm -hmm. the third one vodka mm. something different yeah. what yeah. what different you have to find what is different mm. you found for for example it's more soft it's like I can drink it like easier mm. okay let's try it again the first one. Oh my god something else this is the second one something else third fourth fifth and more and more and more and you will find more aromas more tastes more feelings in that liquids you will in your head will draw the chart yeah 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 with the with the some aromas and like for example if we're talking about the whiskey mm -hmm. it will be vanilla nuts chocolate tobacco smoke and other the other you will just in your head put plus one plus two plus three plus one minus three and something like that I see because you until you had like for, for example some particular whiskey or vodka you're like oh I didn't know softness was possible I didn't even know that was a potential flavor but then you the more you try you see the more potential there is right yeah and uh, it depends which cocktail you're going to prepare. Mm. For example, is it uh, Pornstar Martini? The best will be uh, vanilla vodka. It's like uh, infused vodka. The best is, is Swedish. Swedish infused? Uh, Swedish. I will not tell the brand. I will not tell the brand of vodka, but it will be, it will be the best the Swedish vanilla vodka. It will be the best for Pornstar Martini. But also, if you don't have vanilla vodka, mm -hmm. you can use the most simple vodka in your bar. Because for Pornstar Martini, with a passion for syrup, syrup mm -hmm. also you can use a vanilla syrup. It will, it will be good cocktail. And... Uh, for espresso martini, mm -hmm. for example, you need more high quality vodka. Because in the espresso martini, you can feel the strongest of liquid, of spirit. Uh, you can feel it's not so disguised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. if in Porsche martini, the passion fruit will kill mm. that negative. Side espresso, of vodka, yeah, yeah. 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 So in espresso martini, mm. espresso and coffee will open and show you mm. the, the all what was. So it's very sides. important to have a good quality vodka. For yeah, you. yeah. And I wanted. So we only got a couple minutes left in this segment, but maybe this is an idea. And tell me if you think it's it's not if it's stupid or not possible. But I think about the great the the Greek mathematicians. Um, like Euclid, uh, they never wrote down any of their 
Like now you're like, oh, the Pythagorean theorem, and you write down the triangle. They didn't write it down. It was all in their heads. Exactly. Yeah. I said that the same. You have all the information in your head. You will not. You will not write if you're not that uh, girl bartender we we spoke before. <laughs> She's very lovely, but yes. Yeah, yeah, you will not write all that information. Right, so, you know, because you're a bartender, you're so lazy. So so <laughs> so. But wait. So I wonder. You, have, but, but you, you need to have that information in your head. Well, so I wonder if uh, maybe tell me if you, think, if you think it's a bad idea. We won't do it. But uh, in this segment, if we could, like, you could. We don't have the ingredients here to make a drink, but I could. You could make one off the cuff in your head. Oh no, man! I have here enough ingredients to make a cocktail for you. But uh, but I want to even but uh, but 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 vocally, if we could say oh, like it might be like for example, I just had um, a friend, a great friend, just uh, texted me from Austin, Texas, and loves good drinks. And if I just ask him now, what he wants to drink? So what are you in the mood for? Give me a couple ingredients and see if you can put something together without you know, just verbally. To the point, Sean, you just walked into a Zach's bar and you want a drink. Say what kind of drink you want, and we'll see if Zach can come up with something. Some recipe. And when you when you say say what kind of drink you want, so like for instance, could I say I want something that tastes like a Newport cigarette? <laughs> like what, what kind of uh, guidance am I saying? I want a bourbon-based drink that's sweet, or am I saying? Like what? What? What are the inputs you're looking for? Yeah, I, mean, I think I would go with your own personality, but uh, not every. When you say Newport cigarette, I know you're referring to a special liqueur that comes from Chicago called Malort. The most no, 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 no. I'm uh, that is Trey Arbuckle's patented fifty-fifty, which is um, Fernet Branca plus uh, a mezcal. So you've got the smokiness of the mezcal plus the menthol mint flavor uh from the fernet Braca, which tastes i mean like a menthol cigarette is not something that you usually would think but this is delightful actually i used to so what, i have an idea of that yeah what i have an idea i will use a, a shitty very shitty johnny walker red label which will give us a, a little bit smoky mm -hmm. i will use um, 10 ml of uh, padre jimenez also, I will use uh, five of uh, red vermouth, uh, standard in the bar. I will use uh, 30 Campari. I will add uh, one bar spoon of Fernet Branca. And uh, that's all. It will be a little bit smoky, a little bit Fernet bitter, but it will be still something like a Boulevardia. Amazing. Okay. So, all right. So, Zach, let me run in two different directions. I got two new drink propositions for you. Proposition number one, I'm in a startup. I'm running a startup right now. Startup. And they say that in a startup, there's only two states, elation and despair. You go from the highest highs to the lowest lows. So my question is this. I walk into your bar and I've just closed the biggest deal that's going to cement our future. What am I drinking? And the next day I walk in and I got everything wrong and my product stinks. 
uh, and it's the lowest low. What am I drinking that day? What What is my drink for the high highs, my drinks for the low lows? My only qualifier is I'm a whiskey man. Then scotch, any kind of whiskey. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, you're American, right? You're American. Correct. Yes. And um, in your good day and a bad day, right? Like best, yes. One of your best days and one of your worst. Uh, whatever. Yeah. It's a good day and a bad day. Done. And your high emotion in a bad day and a good day, like the same, your high emotion, whatever it yes. is, your bad. And if you're really high emotion, I will drink one shot of bourbon with you from me. Just for a start. <laughs> we'll drink for, for one shot of bourbon. It's 50%. Falcon, it's, it's very nice for a start. And after that, your emotion will will come a little bit easier, like softer. And after that, we can start a conversation with you. <laughs> and after that, I will ask you a question. Man, what will be the next? And that applies both for good day or bad day. Exactly. All right, okay. I, I will Fantastic. drink one shot of bourbon and I will drink with you that bourbon. Because I'm happy that you're, or I'm I'm so sorry that you have a bad day. And after that, we have we we can have a conversation, and you will you will believe me that I'm your friend, and you will tell me your I don't know your your secrets about the drinks you want. Amazing, Joe. I'm gonna book my flight. Come, right, man, come visit, man. We've had uh, many Texans uh, so far. Fantastic. I love it. This sounds like an amazing concept. Can't wait to hear more. Love it. Wish you guys all the best and uh, hope to meet in person before too long. Thank you, Great. Sean. All the best. Bye-bye. Okay, Joe. Uh, I have a few questions. Like, uh, Let's start from the beginning. Like, I know that all, all all Ukrainians asking this question. What the hell are you doing in Ukraine? Oh, I'm so sorry. They answered. Um, oh, Joe, what are you doing in Ukraine? <laughs> uh, so please tell me. T- tell me. First, tell me. What do you tell that motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well when you put it like that I think about like when I'm sitting at the cafe Fatset and people hear me in the Fatset or in the Sina or yeah. LV yeah and cafe. People, people hear me talk and then they ask me questions just like you sit in relax yeah. just listen music or talk with the bartender yeah. and some dude yeah, ask like, you oh you're American yeah. what did you do in Ukraine huh uh, what? Usually, what I respond to the question and say, "What are you? What are you doing here?" Um, uh, that's in that case. Oh, you're rude. Yeah, and oh. I, I, that comes from my, I think, experience, uh, my New York experience. I mean, that was uh, that was my that was generally how I got through life was by being rude to everyone. Uh, that's nice. I'm trying to do the same. Yeah, but, but I'm also a bartender. I have to be, I, I have to be nice. Well, I've realized I'm a human being and I want to be nice, even if I hate it sometimes. <laughs> so I'm trying to be. And like for example, you've been there many times when 
you know, I've been at Sino at the bar and you see, observe it all and like people come up to No, me man, and, I can understand that because a lot of people ask me, oh man, why you work as a bartender? Mm -hmm. Are you going to work as a bartender all your life? But it's not a job. And I want to tell them, oh, really? Uh, fuck you. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, you say, really, really? Really? you stare at computers all day? Is that, yeah? And like, and you've seen like sometimes where I just don't care and sometimes, but like, I don't know, do I tell people, well, I uh, sold my story to Hollywood and I decided to take off and travel the world? Do I, do I say that? And then I have to further talk to people about all those details and blah, blah, blah. Or they probably won't even believe me. You know, so I don't know what I, so that's always difficult for me because then I also want to be authentic and honest with people. And I realize, oh, maybe good connections could happen if you're honest with people. Um, uh, but the basic answer I would give, which I, I tell everyone now, because I believe in it, is I think Lviv of the 2020s is, might, might be what Paris was in the 1920s, which means it is a city. 100 years ago. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, but, uh, but, but, but Paris in the 1920s is uh, something that lives in people's dreams and memories. Why I ask you before, I know that a lot of people think that you, as American, live in Ukraine, also in Lviv, because how is Ukrainian thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Ukraine for you is very cheap, mm -hmm. and you live here with American salary, mm -hmm. and so you can feel here yourself as a king. Yeah, well, that's, uh, well, I will say... Also, I know that it's not true, but most of them mm -hmm. who ask that question mm -hmm. already knows the answer for themselves. Yeah, I think Whatever it's you will tell them. It's common with a lot of people here. And I will say, had I been stuck in the pandemic in Sweden, my life would be a bit different than, you know, where things are quite expensive than if I was stuck here because I, I don't have um, income. Uh, but, uh... uh Yeah, I think Americans find it harder to believe that I'm here, but Ukrainians, I think, like, I was just talking to some people tonight, if I sat, uh, the waitress there, and they were so, because I, I have arguments why I love this country, and I get frustrated when I talk with American expats here, who all they talk, they lived here for six or ten years, and all they talk about is the price, like, that's all they ever talk, you know some of these people, they just talk about how cheap everything is, and I never talk about that, I talk about how... I'm inspired by the spirit of uh, Svoboda, of freedom in this country, and um, uh, the beauty of the Carpathians. You know, I just watched a show on Netflix. I have to look up the name, like him, but it was a a uh, I, um, oh, um, a uh, a father. No, there's a British comedian and his father, and they made a TV show together, and they traveled the world. And so they come, they go to Ukraine for one episode, and it's so common with any Western media about Ukraine, they only come to Ukraine to go to Chernobyl, and they only go in the wintertime. So everything looks shitty and gray. And gray. But, but they go before there's snow. So they go in like the shit, like every, and the, the most shitty time. Exactly, which would be shitty almost anywhere, you know? And, 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 and this is so much the experience of people about Ukraine, and uh, thank you for pulling the drink, narrating. Yeah. Uh, it's, What uh, are we drinking? It's local. Oh, amazing. It's a local west, mm -hmm. west of Ukraine. It's a Calvados. It's a fruit brandy, pure fruit brandy. Ter yeah, yeah. From Ternopil. Oh, nice. Ternopil, not Chernobyl. 
And another reason why it's, I like it's, Ukraine. It's really very nice drink. The, the one, the hospitality, but the, the, the quality of the drinks here. The quality of the homemade alcohol in Ukraine is better than anything I've had uh, homemade-wise anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, I would sooner drink homemade Ukrainian Samohanka. Which... Uh, that, because I can, I can explain you why it's like that. Because everywhere in the world, for example, if we're talking about U.S., it will be more hard and uh, complicated and uh, expensive mm -hmm. to make a good quality homemade drink mm -hmm. at home. Or you will go and buy a mass market, like uh, Jack Daniels, for example. Yeah? Mm -hmm. In Ukraine, it will be easier to make a good quality drink here or to buy good quality mass market that's why we're making uh, really nice drinks because it's really expensive to, to, to buy a, a bottle of good whiskey mm -hmm. for us because like 100 bucks for one bottle of whiskey is expensive Yeah. For us, mm -hmm. we have a salary three, four, five hundred dollars per month. <laughs> and you, you will not spend one one hundred for one bottle of whiskey. Of yeah. course, you will not. And you, you, you started to to look for options because you want to drink good drink. That how we. That's why we're making a good brandies. That's why we're making. Also now we're making, I know that one guy in uh, in Ukraine is making a good quality single malt whiskey. It's true single malt whiskey with a scotch uh, technology. And if the Japanese can do it, then why cannot... Uh, no, no, we will not talk, <laughs> to talk about Japanese quality drinks, okay? <laughs> we're talking about Ukraine. But I'm... Yeah... Uh, well, this reminds me of the, um, yesterday at Fatset, my little regular cafe, I overheard uh, there was a, a British expat talking with two Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians were musicians, and one of them said, why he loves, the Ukrainian said, why he loves being in, in Ukraine, especially Lviv, there's no straightforward way, you can't read this right, but there's no straightforward way to do things, you have to improvise. Like, for example, in America, you know, we have, everything is orderly and planned. Like, yeah. You, you know what you have to do. We have, we, do. we have to, f to look for options. Yeah. To, to, to live good. Yeah. And, and you want to live good. And, and you, and, and... It's, it's, unfortunately, it can sound very bad. I'm so sorry for that. But Ukrainians like the ants, cockroaches. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. Really, I'm so sorry for that. It's very, it's very, it's very sad to that. That, but I want to say that that mean that Ukrainians 
will find a way how to live good. And this maybe comes from 70 years of Soviet... Uh... Also, if we are talking about European people and uh, American people, and, uh, British people, if something will become bad with them, mm-hmm. something happen, they will call to 911. And if 911 will not answer them, they will die. And unfortunately, that's true. Yeah. In Ukraine, we'll call to 911 in the end, when everything will finish. You will try every other option. Of course. Okay. We'll call to our friends, to our family, or we'll make something with uh, by ourselves. Mm. And after all that stuff, we'll call to someone from the government and ask them for help because we know that they will they cannot help us never when i had a problem i called police they called me back in 40 minutes meant 40 minutes in 40 minutes you can you can destroy the country in 40 minutes you know Mm-hmm. You can change a uh, few presidents in 40 minutes. You you guys can. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 40 fucking minutes mm-hmm. for the police. It's a disaster. That's why we are looking for options. Yeah, and in a way it makes it... Um... Uh, I'm so sorry, we... We're talking about you. I have another question. What... What can you tell me about your book... The book is uh, my my publisher, my agent, uh, and every publisher I've ever spoken with wanted my book because I worked for one of the most powerful people in the world, and I have stories, but they wanted me just to attack. They didn't want. There's no room for empathy, like. Roger Ailes, the founder of Fox News, like, I knew him better than anyone. At the time, I was his only friend. He was probably my only friend. Um, and so I can only tell the story truly if I have some empathy and, and to really understand who he was, who I was, who all these people were. And I think the only way I can do that is in a novel. I'm inspired by Dostoevsky, who's my literary hero, Novels help us get into the psychology of people's minds. And I think that's more valuable than writing a story where I just attack people, right? And so I set out to write a novel to convey to people. I want people to feel what it felt like to be in this position as a young kid, not knowing this. You somehow pulled up in the most powerful positions in the world. And, um, and then mainly how I got out of it. And how I got out of it is how I had to change my mindset. And um, I firmly believe only a novel can do that. And it's every bit of that novel is true, but I changed the names and I let myself go into this, the minds of people. Because as a journalist, if I use people's names, I can't go into their minds. It's dishonest. I don't know exactly what's in their minds. But as a novelist, if I change their names and have some separation, I can go into their minds because I knew these people so well, uh, better than anyone. And so... That's been that's the purpose of my book, and um, I uh, it, it would be sometimes it would be easy to to simply give the publishers or media what they want, and I could easily just 
write some shit and make some money. But and sometimes I've been tempted to do that, but then I always remember if I really just was if it was only about money, I would have stayed at Fox News. My boss made twenty one million dollars a year. He was teaching me how to do what he did and to make the same amount of money. I would have stayed. So I'm on a mission to be authentic. Even if I die in the gutter. Okay. But your book is still not published. No. Sorry? Yeah. But what was the main idea of your book? Uh, for, I think for, for, for the people who wanted my book the, and my current publisher and agent, the reason why they took it is because uh, I worked for the guy who transformed American media, who prevented people from becoming president, who helps make people president. Uh, It was about the guy, the feminists uh, made a movie about him. That know? too, yeah, 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 the bump like show. Like just a few months ago, yeah. or, or last yeah. year. I have stories the, about the that. We'll have to, yeah. About that fat guy look, look, look. in the Fox News. Yeah, Roger Ailes, yeah. The, the main guy. He was played by John Lithgow in that movie and by Russell Crowe in my TV mm -hmm. show. But, uh, um, and that one had Nicole Kidman and... Uh, Uh, no, and that's a whole other thing. We'll have to talk so about it. What was the main, the main deep idea of your book? Why, why, why the liberal politics mm. don't want your book published? I, I, be, be, because I, the, I write about the personalities who I knew in that world, and it has nothing to do with being a conservative. Um, uh, and, and they, they wanted me to say, oh, these people do bad things and that they have no goodness inside them. And because of that, every conservative idea is bad for the most part. And also Trump is Hitler. And I, they wanted me to say that. And I think that they were thinking like Fox News people, making things very simple. I said life is more complicated. And I knew these people and I wanted to tell the story of who they were. And how they came to be who they were. So that we can all learn. And this is what I learned from Dostoevsky. Like, if we can analyze our souls, we can figure out how we can live better. You know? So maybe the main idea of your book is much complicated. That people, the regular people in the U.S. can, can understand. I think... The regular people would find it compelling, and I do believe it. But I think for, that I, for, I'm sorry. For example, the regular people will read your book, and they will read that and understand only that what is uh, the conservative people are bad or no. are good. No, I, no. Here, here's here's I think. I think the the elites, the publishers, and the and, and the powerful people want, and on the left and the right, they the people on the left want people to read my book and think that the right is evil. The people on the right, the conservatives, want people to read my book and think that the left is evil. But I think most Americans, in the middle. I would hope the most most Americans who read my book and they read about how I spent a weekend at Chuck Norris's house and it was ridiculous and we starved and they would say this is crazy weird shit and he's giving us a window into the way things really are and it's kind of funny but also fucking scary and we appreciate the truth and I think average people would every like when I talk to friends when I tell people stories I, w I, I want to read your book thank you man 
I'm going to read your book. I need your book. Give me your book. Well, I'm going to have to publish it in Ukraine because they won't do it in America. Whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, don't publish that. And put it online. Yeah. Give it to people. Yeah, that's what I'm doing with the new LvivLab.com website. LvivLab.com. Exactly. Lviv. L-V-I-V. L-V-I-V dot com. I'm a beat up car. Wouldn't take me that far from Thank you for listening. Again, this is Joe Lindsley and my co-host, Sahar Peak, speaking to you from Lviv, Ukraine. For more information, you can check out our website, lvivlab.com. That's L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. Uh, we are a team of journalists, musicians, bartenders, technologists, and artists who are sharing the sights, sounds, and stories of a creative city where people speak and think freely. Uh, at our website, you can find this and other podcasts uh, on topics including music and the future of media. Uh, as well as additional experiments and storytelling. So please check us out at LavivLab.com, the Lviv Lab for the activation of democracy. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us on future episodes of this program, Speak Freely. Thank you.